0: Today, I'm talking with Bashira Muhammad, managing owner of Zoom Out Mycology, based in Central Point. Hi, Bashira, welcome. Thank you so much, Rhonda.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I have so many questions to ask you, but the number one, the first question I want to ask you is how you pronounce F-U-N-G-I.
1: <laughs> I
0: say fungi, like um, the pun <laughs> almost. <laughs> I like that, fungi, you know, it just, it makes me think of a little fungi. <laughs> okay, so the next question I wanna ask you is, what in the heck do you do in the world of mycology? You say that you're a um, a, a mushroom farm manager. Well, what is that? Tell us about your work. Definitely, so um,
1: I'm a fungi farm manager, um, and we do grow some mushrooms and um, I come to this work through the lens of an environmental scientist and a sustainability leader.
0: Now, I know you have summer camps for kids um, at Science ScienceWorks. What, what are they like? I mean, if I was a kid, I would be having a blast learning about mushrooms.
1: It's so much fun. I honestly appreciate the uh, the energy that the kids bring to camp so much. They come with so much uh, curiosity and knowledge, and uh, and then we kind of like take that and just dive in. So, uh, so uh, one thing I remember from our last year, our last summer of camp uh, was they were really curious about like. Um, Deadly fungi. So we spent some time practicing how to recognize them, uh, understanding the the uh, the existence of lookalikes, and um, and that was something we spent a good uh, a good amount of time on. But we cover all kinds of things. From we actually did a project where we um, produced our own buckets for growing oyster mushrooms in buckets, and that was pretty fun. Um, and
0: your farm um, in Central Point, I, I've not had a chance to visit it yet, and so I, I, I'd like for you to kind of tell me a little bit about it. Do you? Where do you grow your fungi? Oh, yes. So
1: the, the mushrooms are produced in a fruiting chamber, and when you say... In fungi- what kind of chamber? Oh, in a fruiting chamber. In a fruiting chamber. Okay, cool. So that's where fruit bodies are produced. But you asked me specifically, like where do we grow the fungi? And that happens in a lab environment. Also could be referred to as a clean room on other farms. Uh, so we co- we call it both a clean room or a lab. And, um, and that's where inoculations take place. So there are different, uh, this is actually like a lot of indoor farming and agriculture. And we have like almost a different, area for each type of action. So, um, so we've got the clean room, the fruiting room, the incubation room, um, just looking around like what other areas are here. <laughs> um, we have an outdoor mushroom production area. Those are just normal greenhouses. And um,
0: Why are some mushrooms grown indoors and some outside? Well, I can't really call them outside because they are in a hoop house, but, but why is it because they just are, I mean, obviously they need different cultural conditions.
1: Um, let me think about that. So some, so one mushroom that we're focusing heavily on right now is reishi mushroom and we're growing it indoors and outdoors. So, um, so I think it just comes down to choices, um, but.
0: So you can grow mushrooms either indoors or out outdoors, or inside a um, a sheltered location.
1: Yes, to an extent, it does depend on the type of mushroom and the and the and thus the type of substrate. So, but. But for the most part,
0: yes, you can choose to grow indoors or outdoors. I see. And I understand that you've been doing a lot of research on a particular kind of mushroom. Is that the how did you pronounce it? The reishi. And that reishi. also has ways
1: you can say it. You can some people say reishi, some people say I say reishi. Um, oh my
0: but- goodness. <laughs> Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us tell us about that research. That sounds very fascinating. Absolutely.
1: So this research project is all about how to um implement mushroom farming to bring greater equity and diversity to the food system. And um, um I did uh a like a three hour lecture on um The topic, so I'm trying to think how can I just sum it up, but I guess one way I can try is um, we're specifically testing the the ability for reishi to be an alternative in the amount of water consumed in a farm.
0: But um, how many different species of fungi do you grow on the farm?
1: um 18 right now uh 18
0: species we have in culture now i read that you work with a lot of um what you call sap saprophytes yeah i thought all mushrooms were saprophytes help me out there aren't they aren't they all living off of dead or um decaying organic matter that
1: is a great question so definitely not there's multiple um Types of fungi, ec- ec- ecologically speaking, there's multiple types of fungi, however you look at it. Um, but in, as far as ecology, uh, there's parasitic fungi that grow off of a living host. There's uh, decomposer fungi that grow off of a dead host. There's um, mycorrhizal fungi that grow. That, live in a symbiosis, in a partnership with plant roots, whether external, internal. However, there's endophytes that live within the plant cell walls, so, so non-parasitic. Um, um, they're it li- they're, they might be beneficial. Uh, there's all types of symbiosis too. So some, um, So the parasitism is a form of symbiosis, uh, so sometimes I hear people say like symbiosis and maybe like, us, maybe understand it to always be something positive, but there's multiple types of symbiosis and
0: multiple ecologies of fungi. They, fungi are so fascinating and yet we really don't know very much about them. Why is that? I mean, they're so, they're so prolific. They're all around us. Is it because they're? it's mostly under the ground or, or what? Why don't we know more about fungi? But I think it depends where you
1: are in the world. So that's why I think it's a social thing. Uh, there are many cultures that know a ton about fungi. It might not be like scientific literature, but in many times it is like in Asia, there's plenty of literature coming out of there because fungi have been a part of their, lifestyles and cultures for so long so i think that's a part of it here in the united states um but i think there's also definitely can't can't not acknowledge the technology component i don't um uh we haven't had as far as the underground component we haven't always had the technology of like advanced super advanced microscopes um to be able or or even the the DNA tools to be able to differentiate different types of fungi from what they look like versus what they are.
0: Do you think that we're we're getting a lot better in terms of both the social and the technological um, dimension here in the United States?
1: As someone who interacts with thousands of people trying to uh, engage them on the topics of fungi, I think the mycophobia is, it's
0: still going a little strong. Stronger I, I love that term, <laughs> mycophobia. Now, you have a favorite uh, uh, fungi. Tell me about it. Okay, that would be Confidious Oregonense. And it's
1: an endemic fungi, meaning um, found here in the Pacific Northwest, specifically like California and Oregon, um, nor- Northern California and Oregon. And um, I love it for almost superficial reasons. Um, it is—it's um, purple. It's relatively small, but it has a long stipe or stem. Um, it has like this yellowing at the base of the stipe. It, uh, yeah, the purple, the yellow, the size, the shape. The more, aka the morphology, um, is um, is really uh, interesting to me.
0: Well, that gets me to my next um, question because I'm interested in your um, you you provide bags of spawn that people can um, uh, buy and then grow either indoors or, or outdoors, whatever they whatever they decide to do. Um, Tell me about that. I mean, are, are mushrooms hard to, are, are, are mushrooms hard to grow? I, I found them rather hard to grow. I think you can
1: have a, a difficult, or, difficult or challenging environment that makes mushroom growing harder, which is, it was, is definitely our experience and of growing in this climate. Um, hmm. But, um there are so many options and it starts with what mushroom you're you're desiring to grow. So there's, you know, with uh so I was trying
0: to grow blue oyster mushrooms because I because okay. I, I read that they were one of the easiest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they are definitely one of the easiest. Um but again, like if you're if you're trying to grow blue oysters outside and uh I don't know if you also live in southern Oregon. But uh, and like if you try to grow them in the spring and then it, it, the, the rain stop, that can present a challenge. But I, I always suggest that people try first right on their kitchen counter on a plate um, and like on a plate, like a literal kitchen plate in the kitchen. And that way you can monitor, you can see, OK, how much moisture does it truly need? to thrive and then you can extend some of those lessons and skills and experiences to like your outdoor setting and then you can kind of like make adjustments uh to improve the the external factors that might be causing it because oyster is a super easy mushroom to grow I think all fungi are relatively easy to grow they want to be alive um they want to grow and uh, you just uh it's really comes down to how much can you control your uh, environment
0: or or even area if you're talking indoors. Well I think you make an excellent point about the monitoring. What happened was we put ours outside and I, I didn't want, I didn't monitor them enough. And I think what happened was they dried out simply because I didn't monitor to make sure that they were getting enough moisture or whatever it was that they needed. So I like your idea of just, you know, starting out very simple by growing them in your kitchen on a kitchen plate. I love that. It's, that's why I say there's so many choices
1: and options and well, it sounds
0: like it would be very helpful to take a workshop. So let's talk about your workshop that's coming up. You're going to be talking about the results of the trials that you did with the um, uh, reishi uh, mushrooms? Absolutely. Oh, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. So what can a participants um, expect to, you know, to, uh, to get out of the workshop?
1: Okay. So actually this, the workshops that we're talking about are a part of, in case anyone's unsure, uh, is a series of four workshops. Oh. Um, and we already have had the first two. So the first one was that introduction to the Reishi Research Trials. Um, the second workshop was all about how to grow warm weather mushrooms. Um, workshop number three, which is coming up soon and two months or so. Um, It's going to be all about utilizing medicinal mushrooms and how to use them, what to do with them. They're not always edible. Um, And then the fourth workshop will be growing cool weather mushrooms. So um, I am weaving in the research as it's like an ongoing project um, to those classes, but those are the main Points and goals of those classes.
0: Okay, so you can really grow different kinds of mushrooms at different times of, at different times of the year. Absolutely. Oh wow! What are some of the um, uh, more common uh, cool weather mushrooms?
1: Um, lion's mane, shiitake, the oyster that you mentioned can thrive in the cold, especially that Pleurotus ostreatus, blue or gray. Um, and those are the, definitely the most common, most
0: delicious. Was there a moment when you said, oh, I'm definitely going to work with fungi?
1: Yeah, that moment was in Oregon. So um, I, so my sophomore year of college, um, I was except, I, I participated in the National Student Exchange Program, which brought me from a college in New Jersey to SOU in uh, Southern Oregon. Mm. And um, Paul Samets came to the college to talk about how fungi could save the planet that year, along with other greats like uh, Bobby Seal from the Black Panthers. And, um, and that was the like having amazing experiences like that. Uh, while I was here to learn about sustainability, really, um, that was seeing Paul Samet talk about how fungi could save the planet based on my ceiling running was definitely that moment of spark. I was like, wow, this is
0: it. This is what I came here for. And, oh, wow. He, well, he's pretty inspirational. <laughs> definitely. Oh, that's great. So now that you've, so when did you start
1: Zoom out? Uh, I started Zoom Out Mycology in 2017, January 1st.
0: So, wow, you've been at it for almost five years. What are your goals for the next few years? Ooh, fun.
1: Um, Yeah, we're going on year six this January. Congratulations. I
0: think that's terrific.
1: I'm feeling blessed and thankful and glad to be coming this, this far. Um, but some of our goals are to, uh, my goals are to uh, create new products um, and something beautiful is happening. I'm starting to get a lot of calls with people who have problems and they're like, how can, can fungi help? How can they help? Um, can we explore this? And That is exactly what I mean by driving sustainability with fungi so uh, for example uh, one person has reached out who has a major tick problem and we're working with her and through research um, to develop um, a new product that can help fungi it's a fungal product of course and uh, um, these are entomopathogenic fungi so fungi that cause death or disease in insects and uh and they're target specific so we're making a or working with a strain that um can
0: go after those ticks wow wow that's really really exciting you'll have to keep us posted on that
1: absolutely yeah it has green spores I think they call it the oh well I think they call it the green muscadine because like the spores are green it's um it's uh cordyceps you might be familiar with cordyceps that's an entomopathogenic fungi it grows on caterpillars um so yeah there's like i like i was saying like uh i told i mentioned parasitic there's entomopathogenic fungi (laughs) so
0: wow um, still so much you know fascinating thing so many fascinating things to learn about fungi still and there you are right in the middle of it It seems like you have a very fun job.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's super fun. Uh, Yeah, we get to go out to the forest and um, uh, do research in the field. Um, And yeah, the manufacturing side of things here at the home front when we are working here on the farm, um, that's, that's pretty fun. It might not be fun for everyone. I think, you know, sometimes I... I uh, describe the job to people, and they're like, I'm like, you know, it's a lot of measuring, it's a lot of um, counting, um, stable pouring, or whatever, like, it's pretty controlled, whereas, like, a lot of people get into agriculture, or want to get into agriculture, because, they can be outside. They can be exercising. Like it does look very different on a fungi farm.
0: Mm, yeah. How, How many people pull wagons? That's a
1: that's a decent exercise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> pull wagons. How many people work with you?
1: Um, I've got three people working with me right now. Um, I got uh, Luis, Casey, and Rebecca. They're all awesome. I'm very grateful to have such a highly um, effective and skilled team, um, and we, and I think
0: we have great vibes. No, oh, I think that's, that's very important, isn't it? Now, you are in school now, you're, are you at SLU? Yes, indeed. And, and what are you studying there?
1: I'm studying environmental science and policy.
0: Okay. With a minor
1: in sustainability leadership um, in the business school, so I'm in the environmental science department and the business department.
0: Well, I really feel like your work has opened up this door for what I call, you know, fungi gardening, you know, to your just your average home gardener who wants to try something a little different. They've heard wonderful things about uh, mushrooms and how beneficial they are to the soil and to other plants that we're growing and to our own health. So I want to thank you um, for the work that you do and for making uh, fungi more accessible to people in our Rogue Valley.
1: Absolutely, thank, thank you for having me. I, um, I am I'm honored to be able to not only like produce what is used, but to teach people how to use it. And even people who might never even have considered growing mushrooms in their garden. So we get, those are like our main customers are the people who were people like I try and make it very relationship based and let them know that you can text me anytime and I'll help however I can. And, uh, so I definitely, uh, hold it in a, in a good regard.
0: What, what a special way to do your business, you know, to, to make the relationship a big part of it. I think, uh, you know, we've lost that um, somewhere along the way and in lots of um, in lots of ways. And so it's nice to hear that you take that very, very seriously.
1: Absolutely.
0: Thanks, Bashira.
1: Thank you.